Welcome to Green Wave Radio. Your episode starts now. Welcome to Green Wave Radio. I'm Hayden Kim. Delbotin is a truly unique place. Now, I don't mean that to be cheesy or anything, but it's true. The people that work here are truly amazing and really care about the students. While many of them may seem young, they pull from many years of their own experiences to better shape the students of tomorrow. Now, no one better exemplifies these traits than Mr. Tony Negrin, my own freshman English teacher. Without further ado, let's get into it. Tony Negrin, freshman English teacher, diversity coordinator, varsity baseball assistant coach, middle school basketball coach, admissions committee member, council of seniors moderator. I've been at Del Barton now for seven years. Um, tell me about your life growing up. So, you know, growing up, I had a, um, a very good home life. I was, uh, you know, I was able to advance my education through my parents. And what I mean by that is, you know, my parents didn't have much. You know, growing up in a two-bedroom apartment in New York, it was really eye-opening when I got to high school when I was thrown into kind of some students on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that had penthouses and had, you know, four-bedroom apartments and they were the only they were the only son in a family of two, uh, for instance. You know, I was able to make sure that my education was always at the forefront of my life. And that was something my mom and dad instilled in me from that moment. Um, I really was born. Um, I remember, you know, my mother reading me books when she would get home at 10 o'clock at night from her second job. I remember, you know, my dad always telling me to read the newspaper um, while I was eating breakfast, you know, before hopping on that first train to get into Manhattan. Um, it was very crucial as part of my upbringing to make sure that my education was always the crucial point of my life. Um, my parents, you know, both educated, um, knew that education would be the successful portion of my life that, and it would help me do a better job than they did eventually financially. Um, but for my family, it was never a matter of dollars and cents. It was always about love and happiness. And, um, you know, and for that, I'm for, forever grateful. But again, you know, growing up, education was at the, uh, the forefront of, of every conversation we had. What were some of your best experiences in high school? Certainly my friends. Um, you know, I was a boy that was introduced to so many different types of people. And, and what I mean by that is in my neighborhood growing up, it was very Latino. It was um, very po very heavily populated with African-Americans. Um, there were much... Asians, there weren't much Middle Easterns, there weren't much um, of any diversity other than, you know, African Americans and Latinos. Um, at Regis High School, it was a melting pot. You know, it was the best of the best were brought together through the admissions team. And it was just tremendous to hear about those experiences and, you know, to jump into um, a subway car and head down the Penn Station and kind of be outside of Madison Square Garden before a Knicks game or, or a Rangers game, um, grab a bite of pizza and, you know, just head home, you know, on weekends. It, it was totally nice to bond with my brothers at Regis and um, really experience the city, you know. Live, growing up in New York, everyone takes for granted that you live in the city. 
there were places of, of New York City, specifically Manhattan, that I never heard of nor ever visited until I got to high school. And um, I would I would say that traveling is definitely the with my fellow peers, my classmates, was definitely uh, the best experience I had. Um, another great experience I had was playing high school sports for my for my school and um, delivering some championships in my four years there with my with my teammates was exceptional you know my high school is known for the academic rigor and it's tuition free so the athletics kind of get swept under the rug but we were able to move up divisions after um, two years of being in the school um, with my teammates and um, we competed in the in with the top dogs of the uh, CHSAA which is the Catholic High School Athletic Association um, and in baseball you know we came up a run short in the city championship my junior year and we fell up a run short um, in the semifinals um, my senior year which was crushing but those athletic moments are certainly um, ones that I'll always cherish and remember what got you into teaching so it was a pretty uh, pretty shaky start I'm not gonna lie um, after signing a national letter of intent to go to LaSalle University to play baseball I enrolled um, as a student as part of their business honors program you know I just I felt as if I wanted to just one day go to Wall Street and, you know, make money like you're supposed to and, and as an adult and be like the status quo. And then quickly, I, you know, I fell out of love with that right away. Um, so I got out of business and entered pre-med program at LaSalle University. And, you know, I, I believe God works in mysterious ways because after going to pre-med program, for a month, I knew I made a mistake. And the only reason why we went pre-med is because I'm a juvenile diabetic. I've had it for 22 years now. And I was missing classes because of baseball. I was missing tests because of baseball. I was missing labs because of the travel of baseball. And my grades were, were suffering. So I really had to take a step back and self-reflect and ensure that I was at college for the right reasons. So after sophomore year, I changed my major yet again. and I went the English route. And I could attribute that to my junior English teacher, Mr. Christian Talbot. Um, he really got me into reading. He really got me into writing, um, both analytically and creatively. And so I knew that I wanted to stay involved with, with uh, reading and writing. And it was, uh, you know, teaching was never the reason why I got into English. Teaching just sort of happened. Um, but I can never, I can never think of doing anything else at this point you know seven years into my teaching career um, but the one thing is you know going back to high school I wanted to make sure that I always made an impact on others and the whole thing with the, the Jesuit motto at Regis High School meant being a man for others I always wanted to give back and we were always expected to give back to the community and for everything that people before me did to allow me to go to school for free um, I eventually wanted to do that and that was always at the heart and soul of, of kind of my long path towards education and um, it, it's been wonderful so far. After you graduated, what made you want to teach at Dalboten? So after college, I took a job back at Regis High School as an alumni mentor. Um, so that was to help students who were in trouble of um, failing courses or, or being deficient in their courses after school. Um, extra help basically it was an extra help program and the Regis hires two to three alumni um, from your current graduation year to step in that role um, 
you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't even know what Del Barton was at that point. It was 2013. Um, but one day I got on a, a website called Carney Sando, which is a job hunting agency for teachers, and uh, which was uh, recommended by my professor in my master's program that first year. And I got on and I started going around and filled out everything. And, you know, a couple of days later, I got a call from Miss um, Ann Leckie, who is the, uh, you know, assistant headmaster of academic affairs. And she interviewed me over the phone and then she asked me to come out to Del Barton. And so at that time, I still did not know what Del Barton was. I didn't even know. I've never been in a phone interview and I was kind of taken aback by it. Um, I got on campus. I thought I was in the wrong place. I'll never forget. I called my mother that morning. I said, Mom, you gave me the wrong address. I'm going to be late to my first job interview. And she's like, no, no, you're there. And I got on campus. I walked into Trinity Hall and uh, the rest was history. I fell in love with this place. I still am in love with this place. And, um, you know, I'll be here hopefully as long as they'll have me um, because this is my home and um, you know, I love everything about it. But going back to your question, I did not know what Del Barton was, um, but that's the road of how I came to Del Barton. And it was through Carney Sandow, job hunting agency online, which is kind of surreal to think about. What about Del Barton said, wow, this is the place I want to be? You know, every school promotes their theme or their, you know, mantra. And as we all know, ours is brotherhood. Um, and it's true. You know, I feel the brotherhood with my colleagues. I feel the brotherhood um, with s students here. If the best example that I even tell families um, when I speak to them about the Dublin experience is there's nothing like seeing one of your seniors who might play a sport for you, specifically for me, a baseball player who may be 6'3", 6'4", in the middle of a hallway between classes, you know, fist pounding or high-fiving what seems like air. And then the, the crowd kind of goes away and it's a little middle schooler who may be four foot one. Um, that's the definition of brotherhood to me. Um, it's really, it's really a tremendous opportunity for young men to come together of diverse backgrounds for one cause. And that's the, that's the success of this place. And it's the, it's the self um, influence that each person has over their peers. And it's just, I've never seen anything like it as an adult, as a professional, and I don't think I'll ever see the same. Um, if I remember last year, you were telling us that you were writing a book. Could you tell us a little bit about your little side project? Yeah, so, so the side project is still going on, and it is certainly a side project now. Um, you know, again, going back to my route at Junior English with Mr. Talbot, he always said that if you have a story, you better write. And, you know, as a type one diabetic for 22 years, I'm, I'm deciding to write a book about my experiences because there are so many um, young men and women who think that, just like I did, the type one diabetes will kill you. And it certainly can, but that has not been the case for many. Many people outlast the disease. Many people live with it. And um, I am in the uh, middle stages of the book right now. Um, the title's kind of iffy. I'm, I'm thinking about, as you know, you write your title last. Right now, I have a working title that is Life Through the Syringe, the story of a diabetic. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I'm about a year away. 
Um, I'm currently also going for my um, EDD degree. Um, so I'm trying to do a little bit of both right now, but uh, thank you for, for remembering. That's, that's great, yeah. That was Mr. Tony Negrin. I just wanted to thank Mr. Negrin again for his contributions to this episode. Even though I see Mr. Negrin almost every day, talking to him again brought me back to some great memories from his class. Let me just say, we had an absolute riot of a class. I wanted to also let everyone know that this is going to be a three-part series featuring teachers from all different backgrounds and departments. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.